Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 848. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, when in doubt, throttle out. If it feels like it's going to be a hard challenge, put the pedal to the metal and just uh, try to climb that mountain. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Nate Boyer. Hey, Nate, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You know, like I've always heard, when in doubt, throttle out, and uh, I'm here. In a spin, pedals in. That's the other part of that one that I've heard. So <laughs> I think that worked just perfectly fine, having been on a racetrack or two. Absolutely. Well, Nate Boyer is the owner of Cultured Customs. That's with a K, Cultured, a top-of-the-line restoration shop in Gardner, Kansas. He and his talented team have forged a reputation for immaculate restorations to high-end custom builds and have grown from a humble beginnings to become an award-winning shop in the forefront of the collector car world. Seeing a need in the market for rentable work, Space, Nate has expanded and opened the Doghouse, a community garage. In the Doghouse, Nate offers enthusiast space, tools, and the expertise of the Cultured Customs crew. He also partners with builders, trading labor and parts for a cut of the profits from their sales. A skilled builder and a bold entrepreneur, Nate is exactly the kind of shepherd his doghouse needs. And now you'll find Nate on the Discovery Channel. In his all-new Gear Dogs TV show, which premieres Monday, September 4th at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time. I'm looking forward to that. So, Nate, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your career, your business, and your passion for automobiles? Absolutely. You know, it's been a long, hard-fought battle in this industry, and it's been a lot of fun to finally get to a place like this where, uh, you know, we're recognized for what we do. Aside from the shop, you know, I got a... I got two kids at home, eight-year-old son, a one-year-old daughter, and another one on the way. So, Well, congratulations. Between shop and, and home life, uh, pretty busy. Uh, yeah, pretty busy. And, and now you've decided to add some busy to that life with the doghouse and with a TV show, Gear Dogs. I mean, does it never end? I mean, I'm really just a glutton for punishment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I could say that I, you know, it's one of those deals, like, me and my wife always talk, and we're both a lot alike, which is not a great thing. And that, you know, just when an opportunity pops up, you just jump on it. Yeah. And, you know, one came up and I jumped on it without thinking. I don't like to plan. I like to just uh, go with the flow. And here's where the flow's gotten me. Absolutely. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about where that flow has gotten you and where it's getting you to as we continue on your journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that has some meaning to you and your life and your business. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah, or the wrench turning in your case. So, Nate, <laughs> take the wheel. I don't know if it's anybody's quote or if it's mine, in which case uh, I own it now. But kind of the quote that I've always operated by in my head is, a problem only exists without a solution. I guess what I mean by that is always be looking for solutions is what I take from it yeah. is because that's the only reason a problem exists is if you haven't found a solution. Absolutely. You know, I, I love this because years ago I was taught this, that there are no problems. There are only challenges. 
in Don't Bring Me a Problem Without a Solution in the case of being the boss, which I was for many years, and you're the boss. So it's an awesome way to go through life because it already sets you sets you up for success rather than defeat, which is the, the common thought when, oh, we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You know, being an employer, you know, yeah, everybody comes to you with the problems. Like, here's what we're up against. And it's my job to be the one that steps in with the solution. So I try to look at everything as a, I guess a glass half full, like, yeah, here's our problem. I see what you're saying, but if here's how we approach it for it to be a solution and maybe even a better alternative to what we were up against. Well, that's a really great way to put it. And uh, another thing I was taught when I was really young was, uh, well, if we didn't have this problem, we wouldn't have a job. So that's another (laughs) another good way to think about it. Exactly. Yeah, let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars, is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy? Oh, you know, I I think it all started, and I don't actually really know. Maybe it started it with Hot Wheels cars when I was a kid. I always loved those. <laughs> um, but I never really took it on as like a passion that would take me further in life. I guess I've always had a knack for uh, being different, uh, for wanting to be seen. So when I was about 13, I had saved up about $1,000 in my bank account from mowing my neighbor's lawn and such on and so birthday cards from grandma, whatever. Sure. And I decided I want a cool car. And the only cool car I could find uh, within my price range was a 59 bug. So bought it and then spent the next three years restoring it in my driveway. And by the time it was done and I had that sense of pride when it was finished of what I had created, I think at that moment was when I decided that, you know, I love, I love the feeling and I want more of it. Uh, so decided to pursue it. That's cool. And a 59 Bug, that's near and dear to my heart because when I was young and in high school, I had a Carmen Ghia. My sister had a VW Bug, so I was always working on both those cars, pulling the engine out with a skateboard underneath to <laughs> roll it out from under the car because I didn't have very many tools or anything. But they're great cars to start on. But you took a little further. I, I did... I did customize my Gia, but um, I wasn't real good at body work and so forth. So I had to kind of help have some people help me a little bit. Uh, and as did I. As did I. I definitely didn't do it all myself. Uh, help of neighbors, a local body shop in town. And, you know, just that community, that sense that the car, the car community is so large and everybody's so willing to help everybody. And, and maybe I fell in love with that, too. Just the idea that now I belong to something. You know, right? Well, you do for sure. Now you're a big part of it, a big influencer in the part of it as well. Well, let's go back a little bit and talk about some of the roads you've traveled down. You you inferred in the beginning of our talk that this has been a long chugging process. There's been challenges along the way. So tell us about a big challenge that you face in growing your business, or even a big failure that almost caused you to maybe throw in the towel. But more importantly, what did that situation teach you, and what did you overcome after you went through it? You know, the the success mantra we talked about at the beginning wasn't the same mantra I would have had 10 years ago when I started Cultured Customs. It's one that I've developed through doing it and through all the struggles that have happened along the way. I mean, you know, the hardest part, honestly, probably the biggest trial was that I started this business when I, you know, I was almost 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had really not been involved in business much. I had worked at a body shop since I was 16, but really had no idea what I was getting into. And then you get in there and then you have all of a sudden you have to, it's not just about building cars. It's about paying taxes and managing your accounts payable and your accounts receivable and oh, yeah. all this other stuff that comes along with it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many struggles that have happened along the way and there's, there's never been a time that I wanted to throw in the towel, 
but there's been plenty of opportunities that could have arisen, you know? Sure, sure. Well, if there's a takeaway for someone out there that's maybe in the same shoes you when they were young or they're starting a new career, what would be a a big lesson takeaway for you to share with them so they don't hit some of these obstacles the way you did? You know, honestly, I feel that you're going to hit these obstacles. That's part of being in business. That's part of working on cars. But when you do hit them, you got to power through it. I mean, hard work and just being diligent and persistent and not giving up is is what's going to make you successful. And I hope to one day be successful. I haven't reached my idea of success yet. And hopefully, you know, I just keep raising the bar and never get there. But, <laughs> you know, you just said, took the words out of my mouth because I get the impression to the kind of guy that is always raising the bar, so you're never quite there. But that's the drive of an entrepreneur, because when you're there, that's when you start to coast, and that's when everything goes downhill. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's what you you land a big job, and you feel really excited about getting it, and it's going to make all the differences in your life. And then it actually comes down to you have to do it, and that's just hard work pays off. And while you're doing it, you got to be looking for the next job because you got to keep feeding that machine. You got employees and rent and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's yep. not feed easy. Feed the beast. Yes, feed the beast for sure. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. Is there a career aha moment? Sounds like you've had a few recently. And we're going to talk about the new TV show. We're going to talk about the new doghouse. But is there a, a career aha moment that really stands out for you? Ooh. I mean, that's a, that's a tough question. I feel like I've had a bunch of them that have been presented to me, and I. I hope that I recognize them, mm-hmm. um, but maybe I didn't. Uh, you know, I think the biggest aha moment for me, it was probably I was building motorcycles for a place called Casey Creations. Likely enough, we were also on the Discovery Channel for a biker build-off. But I was working there, and it's when I really fell in love with fabrication. And I was doing that, and then I was moonlighting in the evening at another hot rod shop in town. And I remembered getting home and just feeling... It completely exhausted, but so proud of what I had accomplished in the day. Yeah. And that, and it was, I think within that time span that I was like, you know what, if I could do this every day for the rest of my life, money aside, this is what I want to do. And I really think it's just, it all comes down to pride, you know, and just being proud of, of what you can create. Well, speaking of that, is there a proudest career moment that you can think of? I'm guessing you've had a few. you got some coming up for sure, but is there one, at least to this point, that stands out that makes you feel really good? Um, you know, there is, and it comes back to building a vehicle. And it's definitely not, it's not the coolest vehicle. It's nothing special. It was a uh, 1978 Chevy Scottsdale pickup. Um, but the story behind this truck was amazing. It was the guy, he had learned to drive in this truck in Montana. His is his grandpa's truck. He had learned to drive in it. He had kept it all these years. And we restored it exactly back to its original condition. And he did a mural on the tailgate of all the different places this truck had been and all the places he had been in this truck. And uh, it, was a great, it was great to see that what we are doing is not only building cool things, but you know, we're, we're bringing back memories and creating new memories in people's lives. Yeah, I think that's the key. And the Scottsdale, that, that 78, now the 70s weren't really that well known for some great cars, but, uh, no, that, but that truck had kind of a classic look with that nice big color panel down the side. Sometimes they do two tone, if I remember the truck right, uh, down the side with that big area to, to work with, but yeah. it had a nice little stance to it, that truck did. It did. This one didn't have the paneling down the side. It, it was, 
this one was pretty basic. Um, but it was, I mean, when I talk about working for a customer that was so meticulous that everything had to be perfect, but not perfect, it had to be perfect to how he remembered it. Mm. And, you know, it's just realizing how big of an impact you wouldn't think that building hot rods is, is an impactful career into people's lives, but you know, it's doing things like that. We did back into the seventies trucks. We did a, a suburban for a guy that was painted mustard orange or <laughs> yellow, I guess Yeah. Uh-huh. with a wood paneling down the side and he bought it and he wanted to turn it exactly back to how he remembered. Cause when he was in high school, he got to drive his track team to the events when he was in high school mm-hmm. in a suburban that was just like that. Yeah. Nice. And that's what he, that's what he wanted back again. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the cool part of what you're doing. You are creating dreams for people, bringing back memories for people. And that's what a lot of cars do, old cars do for people. So definitely something sure. to be proud of every time you have a new creation. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time again and talk about your first really special car or truck and share a memory you might have with that vehicle. Uh, I mean, I can't go back without thinking about my 59 Volkswagen bug again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, that was my first and it was really what got me to where I'm at. Oh man. I mean, that car was, I guess the memories in it were just, I can remember working with my dad on it in the driveway. My dad is, though he's a mechanical man, he's not a car guy, you know, and just working with him and figuring it out, uh, together. And, you know, that was that was probably the most memorable moment. I can still, I can still in the back of my head see it, just standing in a driveway with a little tiny handheld toolbox of tools to build a car, <laughs> yeah. and just feeling confident that it was achievable. And, and then later on, thinking, "What the hell did I get into?" <laughs> well, at least you started with something that's fairly simple, and in that, the '59. If I remember right, the oval window was kind of gone. Is the '59 when they had the little bigger window in the back? Um, it was still, it was a smaller window than what was in the super Beatles to yep. that would, uh, come later, it, yeah. but, but it was still smaller. It wasn't the teardrop or anything like that, yeah. but it was, it was smaller than normal. And the beautiful little tail lights I remember that were just kind of elegant almost yeah, on that car. They were, they were. And then being in high school and, you know, didn't really have a sense of style, just stand out. So I had, you know, custom tweed interior in it. Oh, nice. Built a, built a, <laughs> built a huge speaker box in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. get rid of the back seat, made it ride so low that you couldn't drive over a garden hose without getting stuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, completely yeah. inconvenient, but still a great memory. Yeah. Ah, fantastic. Especially those memories with your dad are so special. Well, how about Sellers or Morris? Is there a vehicle that you've owned? I mean, you're still a pretty young guy, but is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you wish you had back? Man, I feel like we're just we're talking about the same car <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> that car had an impact, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Man, it really did. It really did. Yeah. And, you know, the problem with the Volkswagen is it's so small. Um, yeah. You know, there was no room. And in high school, I wanted to take my friends out and go cruising. But I got rid of the back seat with this custom speaker box. And sure. now I got just two tiny front seats and. You know, you're dating girls at the time, and you know, it just doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went and traded it in on a 97 F-150. And though I, though I liked the F-150, it was great. And I put flames on it and thought that it would replace the, the spot that I had with the Volkswagen. Not only did I not have a good concept of how to paint flames, it uh, was not a uh, was not an antique or a uh, really a cool vehicle to start with. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that was my buyer's remorse, and it didn't take long before I 
completely regret regretted that decision. Yeah. Well, like I said, with my Gia, try telling your friends to sit in the back seat of a Gia. I did have the seats because there, <laughs> there was a cool space behind the seats. You know, it folded down that you could put speakers, and I built a little speaker box back there in my car and had the big booming, you know, stereo system. Make it so the lights flicker every time uh, the, yeah, the base hits. <laughs> they did. We all learned a little bit about electronics and relays and things. We did those. Why is this? Why are my headlights not working? I can't figure this out. So, oh my gosh. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. You got some very exciting things going on right now. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more and explain about the doghouse and then also talk about this new TV show that's coming up on Discovery, which is very cool. Uh, Gear Dogs. But sure. let's, let's start with the doghouse. You know, the idea of the doghouse, and it really originated just out of what I feel is a necessity, something that needs to exist, is that I have so many customers that come by the shop, people that either they come to get cloaked or they want work to be done, and, and money's an issue, and they started this project in the garage, and it's set for seven years, and they just need the motivation, or they don't have the tools, or they, you know, they got to a point where they don't know how to go any farther, and you know, the idea of a community garage really stemmed out of that, out of just seeing how many how many projects just get stalled in people's garages. Yeah. What I already had was a storage building. That's where the doghouse is now. It was a storage building that, you know, when we'd tear cars apart at Culture, we'd put store the parts up here, but really an overly large building for just to store stuff. And it really just started out with letting somebody at home, a friend of mine that had a car that was stalled and just needed a place to work on it, just use some spare space and from there stemmed into a, a, a business idea how to make money out of this warehouse that's not making me anything. I love the concept of it. So so somebody can come and rent space, they can work on their car, store their car. How does it work? Um, there, we don't do storage. They can rent space to come and work on their car. And there's different ways that we've moved into with it, you know, for depending on the size of the project and how long it's going to be here determines your degree of rent, if you will. And I have enough space for about four to five cars. And uh, depending on how big the projects are, come in, you rent the space. It's a fully equipped shop and you get to work on your car. And the, the nice thing about it is there's the idea of a community garage. This isn't the first time this, I'm not the first person to think of it. It's they go on all over the country, but most of those places are, there's a furnished shop, you rent a space, you come in, you work on your vehicle, and you're done. Mm. Um, there's no further assistance. But what you have here is you have, you're in a community garage surrounded by a very large hot rod shop full of guys with decades of knowledge of how to build these old cars. So you hit a stumbling block, there's definitely somebody who can lend a hand. We can always come up and we can guide your project. If there's something you can't do, we have a hot rod shop right next door that we can do whatever it is that needs to be done. Say you're a mechanic, got it all running, everything's great, but it needs a paint job. Well, I'm going to push you to get on how to do the paint job. And then when it actually comes time to spraying, you know, we may need to step in there and spray it. Right. And just little things like that. Very cool. Well, I love the idea, the concept, and I can see only success for you there. But let's talk also about Gear Dogs, this new TV show. Now you're going to do it as if you're not busy enough. You thought, oh, let's do a TV show with Discovery. And I want to remind our listeners, this is going to be coming up here very soon, September 4th at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific time. So tell us a little bit about what to expect when we watch Gear Dogs. You know, you're going to see exactly what we just talked about, about this community garage and what what people are capable of mm-hmm. when given a little extra help and being surrounded by other people that share their common interest in hot rods. 
you're going to see some really, pardon my French, but some badass cars get built by guys who would never have thought they could build that car. Nice. Um, it's just a few little things, some tips here and there, and some just ideas. And uh, from there, you can just build anything. And that's what you're going to see in the show is uh, average shows at home building cars that uh, that you would assume were built professionally. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love this because it fits with the mantra here at Cars, yeah, inspiring automotive enthusiasts. You are inspiring automotive enthusiasts to spur them on, nudge them along, use that entrepreneurial spirit to get their projects finished. So I can't wait to watch the show. Congratulations. Very, very cool. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, here's a very interesting. What I call an introspective question for you, Nate. Sure. If Nate was a car, what kind of car would he be and why? Oh, man. This is a – it's kind of a – it's a great question, but it's – I feel like I'm a lackluster guy when I really dig into this question and start thinking <laughs> about it. Okay. <laughs> that means you're answering it with an, an honest approach, and that's that's what I like. Exactly. We all want to be a Ferrari, uh, right? You know, I don't. <laughs> oh, well, good for you. <laughs> I, I, I want to be a workhorse. Okay. Um. So, so I think for me, I'm something diesel powered. I'm something with a long bed and four wheel drive. All right. You know, when you you get bogged down, you kick it into four wheel drive. You pull yourself out. I like it. You have plenty of power to keep moving forward. Uh, whatever the job is. I'm the vehicle that can do it. I love it. Nice answer. Perfect. Well, Nate, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Okay, Nate, we are back and we're entering what I call the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Now... As it relates to what? A restoration? You don't meet a lot of old-timers who have been in the automotive industry that say that this is a good passion to go into, a good career, uh-huh. um, which is 
why I wanted to do it. <laughs> a to prove them wrong. A little bit of a <laughs> rebel going on there. Absolutely. You know, and the other sad thing is uh, there's not a lot of young people following up in the trades these days. And I don't want to go down that path too deep because it's a whole nother conversation. But is that, have you found that to be a bit of a challenge in finding good associates to work with? That is our challenge every day that we have. We're on probably a two-year backlog right now, and not because we don't have the space, but because we don't have the people. And, you know, the younger generation, everything's, if it can't be done on a on a tablet, a phone, or a computer, it it's not worth doing. But, I mean, I just don't, I, again, a long conversation, but uh, I, I really hope that if, if I can accomplish nothing else, it's to hopefully maybe boost and bring back the days of yore, the where hot rodding was cool. I mean, it's still cool to guys like you and I, but the younger generation, I'm not sure it is anymore. And I want to bring that back. Well, I think by making them aware, and I just watched a great little video that a, a two past guests of mine here on Cars Yeah created, Steve Ford, the car guy, and Bruce Canepa, who does, who restores and maintains some beautiful, beautiful cars. I just visited him in Scotts Valley a few weeks ago during Car Week. And when Steve interviewed Bruce, he said, what's one of your challenges here about your shop? And he said, it's finding young people. He said, all my guys that are hands-on are over 50. And there's just not this young group of people behind them that are even interested in this stuff. And it's scary. Uh, it's kind of frightening. And it, it pays well. It's a great trade. If you love it, it's a great way to go through life. But uh, like I said, that could be a whole other conversation. So <laughs> let's, sure. let's move along. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? I would say my, uh, I'm trying to think, of maybe obstinance <laughs> would uh, would probably be my biggest uh, habit. I'm just never take no, like just disagree with everybody until I can prove that I'm right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't know if that's a very long answer for a very, what should be a very direct question. A bit of a bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess my habit is to get in over my head and then dig your way. All right. Well, here's a, here's an easier way of putting, here's an easier way of putting it. My worst habit is that I tend to dig a hole Deeper and deeper until I can find a ladder to get out. <laughs> or you can fabricate a ladder to get yourself out. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. You've got the skill for that and the people around you to help you. They'll throw some metal down there and some welding gear and say, you figure it out, big fella. <laughs> you dug the hole. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners should get a hold of or use that you really enjoy? Oh. You know, this is an interesting resource uh, that I found in Building Cars. And it was actually brought to me by uh, a guy that works for me. We call him Red. When I hired him, he brought back in all of his whole collection of Hot Rod magazine. Oh, cool. And then when we start fixing these cars, every now and then he brings out one of those old catalogs with a how-to article on how to rebuild a an old Holly or an old Weber or something like that. And I, it's it's amazing to me the resources that were av- that are available for what we're doing. Yeah. They were done 40 years ago. <laughs> I know. I know. It, <laughs> you know? <laughs> isn't that cool? You know, to bring back Bruce Canepa again, one of the things he talked about in that talk with Steve Ford was he has over 60,000 old car magazines that he started collecting since he was a kid. He still has them, and he goes, we pull them out as a reference for a lot of the cars we're working on. Yeah, same thing we're doing down here, and I couldn't be more happy that he brought that to my attention. I would have never thought you you try to get on all these forums and try to figure it out, but turns out that 40 years ago, somebody publicized in a magazine exactly how to 
solve the problem that you're working on right now. There you go. Well, thank you, Red. Shout out to Red for bringing that great <laughs> resource into the shop. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? I would love to sit down and have a drink just like I do almost every day with the guys that I work with. I truly do love the guys I work with. Um, I, I really don't have many, I don't have any friends really outside of the workplace because they have really enveloped my friendship. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been through, we've been through ups and downs and we've been broke a dozen times over and they've stuck with me through it. And just to sit down with them every day and have a drink would be a, would be a godsend. You're a fortunate guy. You built quite a nice team there and it is all about family and gosh, we're spending so much time working these days. Well, if you have any kind of business you do, so to surround yourself with great people is so important. How about a book? Is there a book you've read recently or looked at that you think our listeners would enjoy? You know, I thought about this question a lot and I haven't read a book and it's probably not a good thing to say, at least make public. But the last book I read was Harry Potter in the eighth grade. <laughs> um, so I guess hey, it's a great book. Harry, uh, the whole series, read that whole series. Yeah. Never, it was so good. I never picked up a book again since I read it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I did. you know, here's something interesting about that. And I had guests on the show that just don't have time to read or they just don't read for whatever reason. But the great thing about that whole book series is it got a lot of kids to read that weren't readers. And it's just fantastic. And that's the great thing about books. So that's okay. I think you're the first one that I'll list Harry Potter as the book that he's read. But, <laughs> yeah. but I like you know, that. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a probably of the younger people that you interview, I'm sure. But, you know, that was a uh, that was a great book series. And like you said, time. Yeah, uh, it's tough. Know, I, I get to work. I get to work at 6, 630 every morning. And I get home at 7, 730 every night. Yep. And get home, spend time with family and. Hopefully fall asleep before midnight. Yeah, so you can get up and do it again. <laughs> I understand. Exactly. I understand. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources that Nate has shared on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Nate Boyer, B-O-Y-E-R. You'll find that page with all these great links. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. This is where it gets a little bit of fun, Nate. I'm going to buy you anything you'd like today, any cool collector car, collector truck. This is something fun, not a daily use vehicle, but you got to keep it and you got to drive it. You got to have fun with it. But money's no object. What would that car be and why? Ooh, you know, for me, and I'm, I'm so broad on these is I don't have an exact answer. It's, it's challenge, you're challenging me. Good. That's, good. That's my job. You're doing a very good job at it. <laughs> Thank you. That's, you know, I think for me, it would be, it would have to be something full of thrills, something that definitely puts you on the edge. And, uh, you know, I think for me anymore that that's going to have to be, man, I don't know, probably, uh, probably a rock crawler of some sort. Oh, well, you you're, know, ta- you're I mean, taking uh, me to a different place that I thought we would go. A rock you know, crawler. It, wow. Yeah. You know, and I actually talked to, yeah, I heard your, I saw the questions that you asked and I talked to a guy at the shop and I was like, man, this one's a struggle for me. And cause if I couldn't sell it, it has no value. Right. The only value it has is what it is to me. Right. And it would have to be either my 59, original 59 bug that I had, or it would have to be something that, uh, if I have to have it forever. It has to be something I can have fun in. 
Yeah. Well, a rock crawler would be definitely something you could have fun in. And I'm guessing the way we could do this here is I could just have you build your dream rock crawler. You just send me a bill every week. I send you the money. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to get expensive, I think. That's going to be a a bad way. I'm going to have to put some kind of limit on this, but um, that might be a cool way to do it. Or that that old 59 bug we kept going back to, is that car still out there as far as you know? Do you have any idea where it might be? I've traced it. I've traced that car back through its the last three owners. Uh-huh. I know that it has finally found its way into Missouri somewhere. Okay. I recently, when I went back to my parents' house, I got all the old paperwork with the VIN numbers and registrations and all that, so that I can try and go back, trace it down, and hopefully own it again someday. And this time, not let it go. Well. Well, kind of hold hold on to those two thoughts for now. You give me a call when you find that 59 bug. Maybe that'd be easier for me just to buy that for you <laughs> than have you build a rock crawler because that's going to get pricey. But uh, either way, those are two very different vehicles, which outlines a little bit about your character and uh, all the different places you go. So I think that was a, a great answer. I was just going to say that, you know, I work on cool cars every day. They're, I work on, I've worked on million dollar cars. I've worked on $50 cars and you know to to be able to own something that I that I couldn't feel right about just beating the crap out of uh, would just be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well Nate, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would and I've really enjoyed learning more about you and these new ventures that are coming up. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you either Drive into the sunset in that 59 bug or uh, crawl up the side of a rock in that rock crawler. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, when in doubt, throttle out. If it feels like it's going to be a hard challenge, put the pedal to the metal and just uh, try to climb that mountain. Absolutely. Hold on. Now, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, your business, the doghouse, and this new Gear Dogs TV show, which is debuting on the Discovery Channel? Uh, so many different ways. I encourage everybody to check out our website, culturedcustoms.com, uh, to join us on Facebook at uh, Cultured Customs, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You'll find all links to that on our website. And, and just follow with us, you know. We always have fun, and uh, we always want to know what everybody else is thinking about, what they're doing, uh, so that we can stay in front of the eight ball. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Nate has shared on the Cars yeah website on his show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Nate Boyer. Just type that in there. I would encourage you to check out this upcoming television show, Gear Dogs, which again is debuting on September 4th on the Discovery Channel. And uh, go to the website. Follow along what these guys are doing because I think you're going to have a, a lot of fun just as they do every day. Nate, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me. And the Cars Yow listeners, until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much for having me. It was great fun. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage 
and the vital structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!